0: How is everyone? Hey. Gonna... 10 life-changing truths. Okay, let's
1: begin.
0: So number one, uh, most people are not learning. They are unlearning as they were taught life by people who didn't know what they were doing either. So there's nothing wrong with any of us. And we're all on this journey, just unlearning what does not serve us. And regardless of our childhood or anything to do with our parents, we all have a lot to unlearn based on um, experiences that we've encountered or even generational trauma that's like followed through the lineage as well as societal trauma. So learning things from our surroundings and things that have, 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 things that have went on Um, as well as ancestral trauma so there's so much for us to be sovereign to be home with ourselves that we are unlearning and undoing and that doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with us because to our core our core is our wholeness is our authenticity is our true self and we're just moving these things away that are not really us so it's more of an unlearning process and why we say by people who didn't know what they were doing either because you know, consciousness has risen and where we are now, there is a lot more available to us through our awareness. And also the more, as we know, over the years, mental health and things has evolved. You know, communication has evolved. Talking about emotions is a thing now, which never, ever used to be. So it's only natural over the years that we have learned more and we've been able to share that with each other. So it's not to say that anyone done anything right or wrong. It is just the times have changed and we need to unlearn. And that's why we're all here, we're all unlearning. So that is number one and number
1: two. Please make a note on
0: each of these um, numbers. And then we're gonna have a little discussion at the end. So explore here. How this may have shown up for you in your life currently or previously.
1: So how has this shown up for you in your life currently or previously?
0: Where have you felt that you've, you've wanted or um, I'd like a deep knowing that whatever it was, wasn't you and you had to unlearn that.
1: Number two, the world is
0: programmed to survive, not thrive. So, we have high levels of cortisol and adrenaline being released in our brain, which damages our white blood cells, which then impacts our immune system. And then we get sick. So, over 95% of any doctor's visits, the core is always stress. So, stress is our biggest problem that we've got and we are programmed through this survival state through a lot of things that is happening in our world to so the likes of the media and um, projections from other people's fears and um, different movies things that we read uh there's so much projection within uh women's magazines of what a woman should look like and you need this and you need that and you need this and you need that and It's like, oh my God, what else do I need? Like, I'm just okay as I am. And this is this program survival. And this is how we end up in consumerism, where we're all out working more than we're living to pay for a lifestyle for things that we don't actually need. And we end up in this survival state where we just feel like we're constantly going and going and going and going. And if we think of our schooling systems and even the lack of self-sufficiency within society. We are all programmed with this survival and codependent relationship, whether it be with bosses, whether it be with governments, whether it be with other people, there's no sovereignty. Thriving is sovereignty and being free. And the codependence comes into this surviving when we are unable to survive on our own. So It's like someone's in our life and we're receiving something from that person that directly correlates with our the level of our survival. So if that's the case, we're automatically going to sacrifice some things subconsciously, unknowingly, because we need that thing that they're giving us to survive. And this could be a person, it could be a you know, a government, it could be um, you know, anything. And these are the parts here where we look at as Where am I in survival? Why am I in survival? How can I bring myself out of survival? Where's my sovereignty at? Um, Where where am I being codependent? Is there any enmeshment in my life? And looking through these type of words to create our own sovereignty, to be able
1: to then thrive, okay. So explore here,
0: like what we've just discussed then. Have a little think about that for yourself, because there's one thing, you know, listening to these truths, but then there's another thing when we actually adapt it to our life. That's a completely different story. There's one thing knowing it, but the integration and the embodiment of it is taking it on and being like, okay, where does this show up for me? And where can I move with this? So we're constantly adapting each one to ourselves and that Will be different for us all, for us all, and it's it's a, it's a journey, isn't it? And we can't we're constantly moving with it, creating more values as we go for our own life.
1: Okay, number three. So, the majority
0: of our world is abusing themselves, seeking the validation that they didn't receive as a child. So, let's talk about this deeper. Um, The majority of our world are basically children
1: walking around in an adult body. So an adult body, we see adults, but many
0: of our society actually still carrying the wounds of their childhood. Now, again, this doesn't have to be anything to do with parents or family. It could be that we didn't get picked in a school race. You know, we've all had, like, hits, haven't we? Or maybe we got bullied or maybe someone didn't choose us or maybe we had a boyfriend and he kissed another girl. You know, there's so much around how this can impact us and how we are walking around still with the emotions of an eight-year-old child. And... In this statement, the majority of our worlds are abusing themselves, seeking the validation they didn't receive as a child. Because what we don't heal from then, we subconsciously gravitate to. So what our inner child didn't heal from, our subconscious sees as familiar. Our subconscious then moves towards that thing over and over and over and over and over and over and over, and over, and over again. So we can go, I told you I'm worthy. I told you I good. Because that's what the inner child wants to do. So the inner child will keep gravitating towards these situations over and over and over, and in this process, this is coming from, this is coming from the subconscious. So consciously, we mightn't be aware of what actually does that even matter for one, and what is happening to us in this process. Like, um, let's think of it as a man and woman in a relationship. Uh, is this guy and. Uh, He's been this way in all of relationships. You get in a relationship with him, and you're like, I can make him change. It won't be like that with me, you know. Like this is like the the showing of the abuse to ourselves to be able to when something change something, receive a validation within ourselves. So, on truth number three, let's think about how our inner child. Maybe still dictating our life and seeking validation. And how can we give that validation to ourselves? So where do we seek validation? Where do we want attention? Where do we want to be validated? Where is that is showing up for us in our life?
1: Where? Is it approval? Is it validation?
0: Is it attention? What is it? And this is where we then give whatever that is to ourselves in this situation to then heal that wound. And this is real-time alchemy. And then that validation and the approval and the acceptance stops. But first, we have to know what it is that we're trying to validate. So for this truth, please just take a second to just lean in. Lean in and... um, And just ask that question, where do I seek approval or validation in my life?
1: Where do I do that? And how can I give that to the little me now? How can I give that to the little me now? Okay, we'll move on.
0: (laughs) I just done this two in one, didn't I? I just done the two in one. So this is what we've just discussed. Repeating the same situations over and over, okay.
1: Okay, this is a big one for us all. So if you haven't
0: been tuned in, please tune in. This is truth number five. There are no problems, just resistance to what is. People are in pain because they romanticize a different reality in their mind that isn't real. So there are no problems, just resisting to what is. We as people can be in pain because we romanticize a different reality in our own mind that is not real. So the first the first point is to accept what is, to not want it to be something else or to try and change it into something else, to be present, to be conscious, to be aware, and to ask what is this? What am I being shown? Like stop it with my head. Am I romanticizing and me making all these stories up? Let me see what this is. And why can I not accept that for what that is? Why am I trying to make that something else? If I accept that for what that is, do I think that's my fault? Am I personalizing that as something? If me accepting that means it's because of me, is there something that I'm resistant so there are no problems. There are just resistance to what is. Our only problem is that we want what is to be something else. So we have these rants, romanticized ideals of it should be like this, should be like that. Or why should it be? It, it is what it is. And this is the root cause. I think it was. I think it was a Buddha quote. Actually, um, the root cause to all suffering is um, attachment. And this is exactly that. It's an attachment to an an idea or an ideal um, of how something should be. And many of us can waste years, if not decades, of our life on wanting one thing to be something else and using all our might to fight something that is not within our control. So we want to use our energy and bring our force through for things that are in our control. And that's when we create movement in our life. And we do this by accepting, accepting what is. And then we can make our decisions. Then we can step back, lean back. Okay, this is happening. Mightn't be what I wanted. Mightn't be what I wanted to happen, but it's happening. So how am I going to accept this and move forward from here? So for this question, just drop in to your heart and just lean in and Integrate this into your current reality and ask, where am I resisting what is? What am I romanticizing? What am I romanticizing? What am I resisting? What is? Where am I resisting what is? And how can I come into acceptance with stop making these stories up and accept what is? And if I can't, why? Is it something I'm
1: personalising?
0: So all of these pictures are also posted on the Instagram as well. So you can always just go on and save them to your own little boards and uh, maybe do some journal prompts around them as well. Um, I thought it would be really good for us to have a discussion at the end of the truths, And then obviously um, you can go on your your journal, points with each one. Okay, we'll move on. This is a real big one. So nobody has the power over you. Nobody has the power over any of us. And nobody can hurt us unless we decide (laughs) it's an actual decision. Once we understand this, that people cannot hate us without our permission, then we are able to move more forwards in uh, trust. We're more open. We're more receptive. We're more in a feminine than a guarded masculine with this armor around us because we're not afraid. We feel safe in our body. So, This is a real one to really lean into, to understand that nobody can actually hurt anyone without permission. Now, what is the permission? So, let's think of an example. So, I'll use me. No one can hurt me without my permission, because for one, I would need to first um, respect what where their reflection was coming from because everything is only a reflection and everything is a part projection. So someone might say something and that's only probably half to do with a reflection for me and maybe the rest is theirs because we only see what's inside of us. So firstly, I'd have to respect where that reflection would come from. And I would also have to have a knowing of this with inside me. So if it came up for me and it triggered me, it means someone's brought one of my wounds to light. Which is beautiful. So, even if somebody says something to me and it triggers me and it activates me and it brings one of my wounds to light, that's not hurting me. That's a true gift of gold from that person. Wow. You've just showed me where I'm not free. Wow. You've just showed me where you have the power to activate me. Wow. And then that's when we get to work on whatever that activation was, because whatever activates within us is within us whatever activates within us is within us. Nobody should have that power to be able to control our our emotions. Wow, nobody should have the power to do that. And if they do, that's up to us then to go and look at that. So another example for this would be people go around hurting people all the time. And of course we can get hurt. But a way for us to remain open-hearted and still be able to move into situations. But with protection, remember what we always say: hands on heart, sword by side, hands on heart, sword by side. It's not both hands on heart, and so it's not both swords. It's a balance. That's that's what we are here. We are the uh the merging of the of the inner mother and father of the Shakti and the Shiva. We are the inner union, we are both the mother and the father. We are the lover to ourselves and we are the warrior to ourselves. So it's it's having boundaries. So boundaries do not lock people out. They They really open the doors for people to come in because we feel safe. And when we feel safe, we're open and we're receptive. So once we place our boundary, we then place the boundary from love. So love, truth, love. We ask the person to share with us what we just said, because not everyone hears what we say. Everyone's got their own internal dialogue and their own glasses on and their own worldview. So although we speak the same language, many of us don't actually hear what we actually say. So it's asking, what did I just say? Then once they come back, oh, once they come back with that. Oh, I've just been bit. <laughs> once they come back with that, um, and if the boundary is then crossed. We then have a discussion about the boundary and then we reaffirm the boundary. So it's not, I'm gonna set the boundary and everyone's just gonna abide to it, you know? And they just heard me and they just know what I meant. Probably don't. And once you reaffirm the boundary, if that line is crossed again, then the only thing for you to do is create distance because you've been showed in that situation that your needs don't matter what you want and uh, your needs they're not being considered in this situation and that's okay but we're not exchanging energy now so this is my boundary and if you cannot um you know create a safe space for me to to be then i can't be here and that's when we distance ourselves and we remove our energy from the situation it's like saying to a child um You're not having sweets if you keep banging on that cupboard and then them banging on the cupboard and giving them sweets every time you bang on the cupboard. Because what you're saying is you're going to get all the sweets no matter what you do to me. You know, no matter if you disrespect me, no matter if you continue not to hear me, you're still going to get all the sweets. So it's about your offering and your gift is your energy, is your presence. We don't have to start a fight. We don't have to argue. We don't even have to necessarily say anything. When we actually embody our boundaries, we do not have to repeat them. We don't even have to say them sometimes because it's an embodiment, it's an energy. People know where the lines are, depending on the energy that we show up in. So when we're in, when we have to repeat our boundary, it means we're not embodying the boundary. It's how we show up, how we show up, how we hold ourselves. So that was a little bit about why people can't hurt us without our permission. Because it's like, ah, okay, I've seen that, spotted that. I'm going to set a boundary. I'm going to reinforce the boundary, and then I'm going to use distance. And if we're not using distance, the question is why. Because you've been showed the level of respect that is being given to you in that situation. And then that's when we move back through to self-worth and self-love and value and and codependency and enmeshment. And why are we in these things when we shouldn't be in these things? And this is why it all comes back to our sovereignty. Because if we move into something and there's nothing that we need, we won't allow anybody to disrespect us, hate us, or treat us in a way that, you know, we, we don't believe is a way that we should be treated. So just sit with that. That nobody can hurt you without your permission. And where do you feel like someone might hurt you? And if you do feel that, what can you do to feel safer in your
1: body around that? What
0: boundaries could you set so you can remain open and in flow to all these magical experiences that our fear keeps us away from?
1: So journal prompt. Okay, we'll move on to the next one. Okay, so this
0: is a big one that not many people like to hear because there can be a contradictory to it, and that's what I want to talk about today. So no one knows... When they talk about other people, they are talking about themselves. What they dislike in someone else exists within them. So let's speak about this. Let's say, um you know what? She annoys me how loud she is. Like she is doing my head in. So then, if you were reading this, you would say, okay, well, I'm saying this about this person. That must mean that that exists within me, but I'm not loud. So that absolutely is not me because it's just not like that's annoying me. And this is saying that it exists in me. What's annoying me about her, but I'm not like that. So what does that mean? Let's speak about that. So what can bother us, annoy us, activate us, trigger us? What we see in somebody else can be a suppression so it's not always you're exactly that. It could be you're the opposite of it. You're the opposite of it. So what annoys what annoys me about here is how loud she is. But what I'm basically saying is, if I'm not that, is I have basically suppressed my voice. I am very quiet. I am not as expressed or confident as her. and that pisses me off. Basically, so it's like always looking for the opposite because what we see in everybody is always a reflection of ourselves always a reflection of ourselves and it's our own medicine for our own growth and whilst we say uh, not to judge it's a natural humanness within us to have these thoughts and regardless if we deny that they're there or we bypass them then we can't grow so it's about acknowledging that this judgment has came up okay this judgment has came up it's not nice I don't know why I'm feeling this and I'm going to go and take a look at it myself and ask myself, am I this? What in here is in me? And then if not, well, what's the opposite? What could be a suppression? What could be a suppression of that thing in me? So this is something to sit with, um, which supports me every single day in my alchemy, in, in moving towards my light and moving through my shadows, because when we know everything is about ourselves and we accept that and we begin to do this work, uh, this is where we then move towards working through our own shadows and then things stop activating us till eventually nothing's bothering us anymore. And that's where we want to be. We want to be unfuckwithable, but we only get to unfuckwithable by taking all these reflections on, taking them in, and then dealing with whatever that is which isn't always easy is it it's these shadows that we all move through so just um yeah just sit with that and next time something happens if you don't feel like that's a reflection of you which it might be then what's the opposite of that what's the opposite of what's just happened um and how could that be a reflection of of a suppression within
1: okay we'll move on to the next one
0: People try to fix others to distract themselves from healing themselves. So, so often we can try to uh, fix someone else as a distraction from actually fixing what's within us. And this is called the fixer mentality. So, This is an actual thing that many, many of us spend a long, of a very huge time, many of us spend many many years of our life in this state so me I was this I was fully this anything I speak about you know I've obviously experienced otherwise it wouldn't be here sharing this medicine um everything is a reflection as we've said and everything is a projection so anything you see here is um yeah it's always came from you know my own journey so I'm just going to lean into a time in my life when I've been a fixer so There was a time in my journey when I believed that all children on the whole world needed saving. And I was like, save the kids. And it was like, it was a real deep trauma that I had within me. And this resulted in me building a a national franchise company to do with children's confidence. But in that process, because it was stemmed from trauma, I actually sacrificed everything else in my life. So the likes of like um, relationships, like Gail's holidays, and my own health, massively, massively, massively impacted because I had this trauma, this drive of this, save the kids, which actually means save yourself, save that child within you. And it wasn't until I healed this, that that all fell away. I'm still deeply passionate about children's work and I always will be, but I don't have that that thing in me anymore that like wake me up in the night or I'd get up in the morning like I've gotta do this like I need to do something as if I was some sort of like savior and this is another thing with like a savior mentality it's like what we're doing is actually helping us it's not actually helping someone else it can be helping someone else as well as but we're doing it actually to resolve the own our own conflicts and heal our own wounds that we have within um so being a savior and being a fixer is absolutely the opposite of what we want to be being that just means that actually I'm just going to do this with you so I don't have to do this with me I'm just going to find things with you so I don't have to go and do this with me and it can you know it can keep us stuck on our journey for decades if not lifetimes so it's really important to lean in and ask, where am I trying to fix? Where where is the savior mentality showing up for me? Um what do I think is wrong with someone else? Like, and why do I believe that? And why is that even why is my energy being directed in that space when if it was directed in, it would be so much more powerful for my own growth? What is it that I'm not moving
1: through and why? Okay, we'll move on to the next one.
0: Oh, this one's hard. <laughs> this one's hard. To grow, we have to be willing to release the things, people, and places that made us sick. I was actually um I had a session with a, a private, private client the other day and we were talking about like fish and environments. So I haven't got two glasses here, but let me use this candle and let's use our imagination and pretend that this is another glass, okay? So we've got two glasses here and this glass is full of white, white, very clean water. And this glass is full of like... Like a cloudy water. It's a bit of a toxic environment. So, we are a fish and we're living in this cloudy, cloudy, cloudy glass, and it just feels heavy. Uh, everything feels difficult to constantly surrounded by, you know, different problems and dramas and things that have got nothing to do with us. And there's always something else and this and that. And it's like, oh, just give me a break. This glass then what we do is we take us out of this glass little fishy and we put it in this glass changing environments which then the fish now is in this glass like swimming in this clean 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 water this fish can't heal in the same place that made it sick now if i take this fish back out of here now and i pop it into this cloudy one it's gonna feel the same and get sick again. So we cannot heal in the same environment that made us sick.
1: We have to let go of the things,
0: people, and places that made us sick. And this is this is not an easy thing. None of these things are easy, none of this work is easy, which is why we are all warriors of love. That's what we're doing here. We're we're worrying through the shadows to the light, aren't we? So This is asking ourselves, what people do I have in my life? What things are in my life? What environments and places am I in that are not saving me? Because if I'm doing this work and I'm here to evolve my soul, then these things are holding me back. And that's the top and bottom of it. These things are holding me back. So what do I need to do to let go of these things and people and places so that I can uh, evolve on my journey. Okay, we'll move on to the next one. Ah, Many people are living lives that they think they should live, not the lives that they want to live. So we have all been programmed by, you know, Society, uh, generations, about what life should look like, and um, when you should be settled down, when you should have children, um, what type of job you should go for, and make sure you go and get your grades. And all of this is like there's this like pretend like made up life, isn't it? On a piece of paper that we all get. This is this is the life. Here you go. This is what you're meant to do. There you go. And we get this piece of paper with this life on. And many of us follow this piece of paper. Many of us believe that this is the way. This is the way because mum's done it or dad's done it. Or this is the way because this is safe. Or this is the way because everyone does it. And some people, they actually get that. And they put it in the bin. And they get a new piece. And then they write out what their life is going to look like. And they create. They create their life. We are all co-creators. And our problem is for all of us, we all get sucked into this piece of paper because we've all been given it since we were a child. So we all get sucked in, all of us. And uh, in some of my teachings, I call this the web. So we're all in a web. In this life, we are all in a web. And we've got one thing and another thing and another thing and another thing. And all this is keeping us from our sovereignty. Well, I can't go there because I've got this responsibility and I can't do that because I've got to do that and I can't do this. And we're in this web. And we just want to break the web and be free and be sovereign. And to do that, we have to de-web. We have to unpick the web. And when we unpick the web, we find that a lot of these things within the web are not our core true beliefs. These are beliefs that have came from society or family, uh, from somewhere that wasn't us anyway, because if they were us, we'd be happy. So this is about... What part of your life now
1: are you living that you believe you never
0: chose? That maybe you made decisions because it was the right thing to do, or you felt like you didn't have any options, or whatever, like whatever it was, it's okay. But let's acknowledge what it is. And once we acknowledge what it is, we can work around it and make changes. Another great question to understand this is to actually say, if I could go back 10 years ago, which obviously wouldn't change anything and everything's like, you know, all mapped out perfectly aligned, even our toughest days. But if I was to go back 10 years ago, let's ask, what would I have done differently? Maybe you studied a certain topic and now you're interested in another topic. So saying 10 years ago, do you know what? I probably would have studied that, but I probably wouldn't because I learned loads from that anyway. But let's think, let's think on these lines of if you could go back 10 years, 20 years, however many years, what would you have done different? And is this still echoing in your life now? And if it is, how can I make that change now? Because it's never too late. It's never too late. It's never too late to leave a relationship. It's never too late to quit a job. It's never too late to... uh, Start something new. Um, anything people start businesses when the sixty, you know. People start traveling the world when the when the fifty. You know, there's there's so many like there's no timeline here. There is no timeline, and there's no right or wrong. Only what's right and true for us. So this is about exploring here. What part of my life are not mine? What part of my life are not in alignment? What part of my life are not true to me? Where am I in this web? And where do I need to unpick the web? I'm just sitting with that. And now we are going to have a discussion about our 10 tricks. So this is a statement that I wrote about compliments and criticism. And I wrote this because it was a real big game changer for me. It really supported me and helped me to see part of myself that I needed to heal. And after it, I wrote it out. And it's it's been something that I've shared over many years. Um, and I've got a real deep inner standing of it. Don't let compliments go to your head or criticism go to your heart. I remember when someone would criticize me and it would hurt me. And then I found things that I thought that were true, because it's not going to bother you if you don't think it's true. It's not going to bother you if you don't think it's true. So I worked on them one by one, because then I found, well, I must think it's true. It's bothering me, so I need to work on that. And then I found that they wasn't actually true. So it's, it's going, oh, what's hurting me? What's hurting me? What's hurting me? What's hurting me? Right. Okay. Thank you for letting me know where I'm not free. Thank you for letting me know what I'm giving my power away. Thank you. And I'm gonna take that now and do that work. Okay, we'll move on to the next one. I remember when someone would see me and hear me and pay me a compliment, and I would literally be full of gratitude. There I found unloved parts of me that I needed to love that I needed to see, that I needed to hear, and that I needed to acknowledge within myself. So what is it that I want to hear from someone else? What is it that I want someone else to see in me? What compliments really get me in the heart? And we're all humans, you know, things hurt, and we're happy with emotions, all of them. It's not to say um, someone says something and it, and it bothers us. Like, we're all humans, and we're not going to just be like, nothing bothers me, I am a robot, I am a robot. You know, things... Bother us. And also when someone pays us a compliment, just because we're grateful for the compliments doesn't also mean that, like, oh wow, I need to heal this in me. What we're talking about here is extreme gratitude. So when someone pays you a a compliment, what is it? What compliment is it that really gets you where you're like, oh, I really needed that. Like I really needed that. Like, what, what is that compliment about when I experience this? I found there was un- unloved part of me that that I needed to start seeing and acknowledging. So let's explore here what is it that you want someone to see in you? or what is it that you you want to really hear the most from someone? What is it? What is it that would really light you up? And how can you begin
1: to give that to yourself? Okay.
0: I remember when I used to think what people said and did was about me until I learned how everyone, what everyone does and says is about them. And we can only give what we have within us. So being at this place where we have a deep understanding of this, and there's lots of modules inside the collective on this about perception and the understanding of the brain and how the thought move through to the conscious and the subconscious and how it all moves into behaviors, actual scientific descriptions of this within the collective, the of under perception. But in a stand on this is probably one of the biggest things that we can do for our own growth because we need to show up in our full expression. We need to show up in our authenticity. We need to show up in who we are, us as ourselves. And if we are afraid of judgment, what will happen is we will change ourselves in different environments, which is actually called the chameleon. And what the chameleon does, the chameleon moves into different environments and basically changes themselves to adapt as to what the people want in front of them. And this, believe it or not, is where loneliness can come from. So this is when, uh, let's think of us, I've got a handbag and I've got lots of masks in my bag and I'm walking into this place and I'm putting this mask on and then I'm walking into the next place and I'm putting another mask on and I do that everywhere I go because I'm just being what all these people want me to be. And then when I get home, I don't know which mask is me. I don't even know who I am anymore because I've been playing all these characters and all these roles, trying to people please and be what everyone wanted me to be, that I feel disconnected, isolated, lonely because I haven't got that inner connection with myself because I've been pretending to be other people. So this is really important for us to understand how people pleasing can affect when we do not implement this in our lives and we will only do this when worries about you know the perception of someone else the judgments so um what everyone does and says is about them
1: what everyone does and says is about them okay Ah, okay no worries
0: heal and love those parts until you can take nothing personal no one nothing can touch you there you'll become untouchable